2: and shined football fans, welcome to Morning Footy presented by Taco Bell. Happy Taco Tuesday, everybody. Let's go. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerrero. So we've got Ali in for some headlines. Hi, guys. Hello. I'm hungry. Morning. Every time our show is sponsored by Taco Bell, I'm like, where's the food? (laughs) I'm ready. I know it's early, but I could crush some tacos right now. Taco Bell feast. Right? Bro, There's
3: room. I can always eat tacos on Taco Tuesday.
2: Come Will on. it into existence, Chuck?
3: I'm good. <laughs> uh, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's happening. Um, Alexis, you finally watched Billion Dollar Gold, didn't did. you?
4: Absolutely. How did incredible. you How
2: did you rate your performance? Because um, we've all been giving you lots of flowers. Yeah, for Yeah. No.
4: Uh, look, I'm a tough critic on myself, but ten Academy out of ten. Academy Award. Uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, no, it was it was dope to watch. It feels it felt like an honor to even be a part of it. And at the towards the end, you know, they they do a really good. Sort of, um, they honor Grant Wall's uh, career yeah. and his life, uh, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful you to be happy a part with your of it fit? And see. Um, okay, so <laughs> yes. Why? Why is she
3: laughing like that?
4: I am. I'm <laughs> happy with my fit because I found out I was going to be on that that day, and I didn't have a chance to go home and get changed. So luckily, I had like shoes out the shoes fresh out the box. I had a, a Cuba kit on, so I was like, all right, I'm representing Cuba. Um, I had camo jeans on Oh, I wish would have fit a little bit better, but uh, your boy was eaten. Uh, so I'm happy with the way it all came out. I would have loved to have gotten my fade done or whatever, but at the end of the day, it was just, it was a cool documentary. It was cool to be a part of, and there was times where in my career where I would have watched that I would have been like, oh, I would have had something cool to say here, or oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm actually in one of those now, so it was kind of cool.
3: What were you most shocked about during that whole documentary, like in terms of what you learned?
4: Uh, there wasn't too much that I learned. I think getting to hear from the players in 1990, you know, especially the way it's covered sometimes. It was like, oh, it was a bunch of these guys who didn't know anything about the sport. And then just how much they really—they did it for the love. They weren't getting paid any money. They, there was no opportunity for them. Some of them couldn't get to even the games. They had to take days off of work. They were taking a risk to take time off of a job to go play for us. And if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't—I probably wouldn't be on this yeah. TV show if it wasn't for them, you know, uh, for them playing those games. So for me, it was like finally getting to hear from some of those players. You've—I wouldn't even know be able to pick them out of a lineup. Was uh, was pretty dope. Do you know what like, I
2: thought was awesome the guy with the video archive who had all of the old games on VHS. He was like,
3: any video it ever. Was- ever
0: I, think thing, us, I have That is wild. It was nuts.
4: To be that committed. Like
3: he, he, so he cool. honestly, he's like, I honestly had to ask random people through, and then they'd connect me to somebody, they connect me to somebody, and then all of a sudden, like, oh yeah, I, I made a, a, a video of the game. It's not like an official video, but like, he, he would take it. Wow. Anything. Um, I also like Tab, Tab's story.
2: Tab's, Tab's story was very cool. Um,
3: born in, in Uruguay, comes to the country, and everyone's like, who is that kid? And he, enough, and he didn't play, like, when he got here. Like, someone was like, hey. Yeah, just to- assumed that no one cared
4: about the sport. He actually didn't even, he didn't live in Harrison. He lived just outside of Harrison. I believe he lived in East North. So they had to, like, finesse him getting onto some of those teams because it was just for people from Kearney. So, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, he lived in Harrison, not Kearney. So they had to kind of finesse him onto some of those teams, but that's how good he was. And to know that you're that good in this small kind of, I went to elementary school right next door to Scott's American Club. So I used to see some of these guys, not that era, but the next era kind of come in with their soccer gear, and it, people would always run up to the, to the edge of the school line because it was like, oh, my God, it's crazy. And then we were always like, why are kids walking into a bar? You know, <laughs> like, what is going on in there? We had no idea that those that that building was the reason the 94 World Cup, World Cup team was so good. It was crazy. It's
5: That's
2: so cool. Really, really cool. Uh, billion Dollar Goal premieres on Paramount Plus on December 11th. Guys, we have a big day today we're having an in-studio guest. Sean Wright Phillips is coming here. Ooh! Glotso Network, Stamford, Connecticut, let's go. Um, and apparently he's bringing some of the hardware, the Man City hardware, so.
4: Oh, oh.
2: Very excited to see these trophies up close and personal. That's coming up later on in the show, so stick around. Um, Let's get into some of the weekend's games, because Mondays are very busy. There's a lot of soccer to cover, and we don't typically get to hit all of the important games. Um, And there was one couple in particular that we didn't get to yesterday. So we're going to dive in today. Uh, Barcelona against Atletico Madrid. Barcelona with a 1-0 win thanks to a goal from João Felix.
3: And this is against his parent club. Remember, Atletico Madrid. Are the reason why he came to La Liga in the first place but look at this little ding mm-hmm. oh my god he just and he never got going under Simeone which is crazy uh, I don't know if it was Simeone didn't like his work rate didn't like what he brought to the table in terms of his defensive grit but the player is, is definitely talented we saw some glimpses of him with. I was, love this by the but, way who, to celebrate <laughs> like that
2: uh-huh mm. uh-huh uh-huh why not have your moment Take your moment. Uh, so this is a look at how Joao Felix did while at Atletico Madrid um, and then loaned out to Chelsea in January and then headed to Barcelona. 134 matches oh,
6: 134 for Joao Felix? 134 wow, matches. That's crazy.
2: But he signed until
6: 2029. Yeah. Um, Atletico Madrid had an issue on their docket because they're trying to get his transfer value up. And probably sell him because clearly the relationship between Atletico Madrid and Joao Felix is completely broken. And I'm not sure Barcelona have the financials to take on a purchase of a Joao Felix-type player. It's
4: probably going to be very expensive. Isn't he getting paid like practically nothing compared to what his contract should be at Barcelona?
6: What do you mean his contract should be?
4: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's taking a lot less. And also this felt... It felt like he was making the decision to not go back by celebrating
6: that way. You know what well, I mean? Well, clearly, that was, and that was the, in the buildup. If João Felix scores, how is he going to celebrate it? It'll be very telling of what his relationship is like they with Atletico yeah. Madrid. I've said this, I said this on Cooligans, but it's, we all have <laughs> one
4: toxic friend, we know, who, instead of breaking up with their significant other, gets caught cheating or doing something. So they could be like, look, I've ruined it. Now you can't. I've burned that bridge. Now you can't. Want, now you shouldn't call right. me back. That's what he was doing. Essentially. Well, he,
3: he, not only did he do it with Simeone, Oof. but the supporters. This is, this is the type of celebration if you're an Atletico Madrid supporter. You're like, you're done. Mm-hmm. You're finito. You're celebrating. We've, we've tried to help you. We've welcomed you. We get that you're having difficulties with the manager. But don't don't do that to us.
6: But it was kind of known that the relationship was broken. They've asked Simeone in press conferences, in interviews, um, and they're very straightforward about it, both parties. Cholo Simeone says we're we're happy for him because he's succeeding, he's finding. He's finding that Joao Felix that we were after sort of quotes. He, He knows that Joao Felix is happier. He's surrounded by a context that probably bodes better for his play. And Joao Félix says the same thing. Mm -hmm. So Atletico Madrid at this point, it's kind of like damage control. Look, you paid a massive amount of money. You're probably not going to get that amount of money if you sell the player. So for Atletico Madrid, it's good that he succeeds. And this is only his second goal this season, or his first goal this season. Oh, Sunday versus Atletico It's his second goal um, this season. We've only seen glimpses of Joao Félix. It needs to be sustained over an entire season. That's when I'm C- Atletico Madrid, I'm picking up. Al-Helal? Uh, yeah. Ring Yeah. Ring. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder <laughs> if the player's going to want to go because he's so talented. Remember when he arrived to Atletico Madrid, it was like, he's the next wonder kid. Mm-hmm. The stuff that he was doing at Benfica was extraordinary. So um, I- I'm not sure where his next move is, but again, Obviously, when these moments happen, we tend to glorify them and maximize them. But the reality of the situation is that he only has two goals this season. He had that game. He had the game against Porto. That was very good. And then he had against Antwerp. I guess this would be his third goal, right, mm-hmm. of, of the two season. Two goals in Champions League, though against Antwerp and against Porto in moments. Like, it's the group stage of the Champions wow. League. Like, Joao Felix. Disrespect ha- to Porto. No, right. Yeah, Joao Felix has to be scoring in the quarterfinals, the semifinals of the Champions League. If, if he is this player that we think he's going to be, mm-hmm. let's see it be sustained over an entire yeah. season. Given his price Given tag. Given his right. price
2: tag, yeah. The expectations are certainly high. All right, let's take a look at the uh, standings in La Liga as they are right now. Here's a look at the top six team with that win. Barcelona, uh, they remain in third place, but it snapped a four-game winning streak for Atleti, who are in fourth place. So now there's a little bit of distance between those two teams. But at this point in the season, Charlie, when you look at the top six teams in La Liga, are you surprised at all that this is how it looks?
3: Um, I, I would have thought Sevilla would have been doing a little better given they're 15th right now. They won the Europa League last season. I thought they turned a the corner and they would have been challenging more so in the top four this year. Mm-hmm. So a, a little disappointing considering where Sevilla are now.
6: They're back where they were last season. Which,
3: you, would, you would think they won Europa League. Yeah. Like that's, we're gonna push forward now. And they've, they reverted. So um, yeah, that, that's disappointing. I think if, if you're looking at La Liga, you're looking at Sevilla but Real Madrid still top. I mean, Jude Bellingham has been sensational. I think he's done better than we all anticipated. Yeah. Uh,
6: Barca, I'd say they're about the same. They're they, 10
2: points off the uh, Real Madrid right now.
6: Yeah, they've lost a couple of, of important games, including El Clásico, but Barcelona's best game of the season was probably against Atletico Madrid. They played really well. The midfield finally when I thought it was between Gunduan Pedri, the mm-hmm. young the best showing from Barca's strongest midfield that they can feel. And they have been able to because of injuries. Gundoan wouldn't lose the ball. Frankie de Jong on both sides of the ball was very good. And when you add Pedri into the equation, a healthy Pedri into the equation, it bodes well. So there was a glimpse of how good Barca can be, of Xavi getting the most out of his players. Maybe they should have, they should have finished the game off with a 2-0. They needed a massive Iñaki-Pena save to bail them out. Mm-hmm. But it was their best game of the season.
3: Injuries injuries have been a, a big problem for Barcelona. But Frankie Dieng has been massive to get him back. Lewandowski hasn't been as sharp. Mm-mm. He was no. very poor in this game in particular. Just I, I'm not used to seeing Lewandowski miss easy chances. Three goals in five minutes or something like that. Yeah. So um, for Barca to to get back to them competing against Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. They need Levin Girona. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. will they from in second <laughs> place, which is huge? <laughs>
2: I
4: think that's the biggest surprise for all of
3: us. And they play about us
4: at the weekend. Yeah. That's, Who are that's even on points? Yeah. And, you know, just for them to be in second place this long into the season, you would assume teams start to get figured out teams that maybe don't have the highest level of players or don't have the highest payroll. You could start to figure out where their weaknesses are. And Girona's seem to continue to kind of do their thing, you know?
3: Because we'll, we're, we'll
2: we're about, you. what, a third of the way through the season? Yeah. And they're still in the com- very much in the conversation? Didn't have that on my bingo card.
3: No. I don't, no one this season. No. <laughs> if
2: you did,
4: you were a heavy gambler. <laughs> you a heavy gambler, exactly, bro. <laughs> dang. Yeah,
2: I would be well in the green at this point. Alas, not the case. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, Anita Jones is going to join us on the other side. We are going to chat some UEFA Women's Nations League when we return. Stick around.
0: visit roberthalf.com today welcome
2: back to morning footy presented by taco bell final match day of uefa women's nations league is today here's a look at what's at stake the league a group winners clinch a semi-final spot and the two teams that reach that final also qualify for next year's olympics spain and france have already clinched the Two of those semi-final spots. So, for more on this, we are thrilled to welcome in our good friend Anita Jones. Hello, Anita. Morning, guys. How are you? Hi. I always love your welcome, Dana. <laughs> I'm there with you guys in spirit. Well, it's always a delight to see you in the morning. How is? Have you recovered from Miami?
7: Still a bit of jet lag there. Coming back to
2: the UK because we're
7: uh, what is it? Five hours ahead. Yeah. Um, but no, all good. Uh, it's colder. Uh, I do miss the Miami heat, but um, we moved. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, Anita, sorry, I sorry, okay. now we're
6: on the Miami part. I just want to ask you, how much better is Miami than London?
7: <laughs> oh, I mean, there's no question about it, but uh, that's if you want my like, holiday especially. But I don't know in terms of you know living. I know you got into Miami. Messi's there now, but we have the Premier League
2: here. So, so Jerry's out.
6: I don't know. You should watch my Sunday League. It's pretty good quality. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Messi, Nico, mm, you make a call. All right. Uh, let's chat UEFA <laughs> Women's Nations League, Anita. So for those uh, of our viewers that might be unfamiliar with this competition, can you kind of give us an overview uh, of just sort of what's at stake here for some of these these countries? Yes. Yeah, so I guess. The next big tournament when it comes to women's
7: football in the calendar is the Olympics in Paris next year. And um, there are various tournaments around the world to help teams get qualification for that. And for Europe, it is the Nations League. Um, France, being the host, automatically qualify for that tournament. Um, and there are uh, this Nations League tournament, as I was saying, there are four groups. France have actually topped their group, and Spain have two, as you mentioned. But there are two groups where there is still um, a winner to be decided to get through to what they call the finals, so semi-finals, and then a, a final between two teams. England has happened to be one of those teams that are still trying to fight for a spot to get into the finals of the nation league. And why this is so big here for us, if that wasn't complicated enough, is that um, Team GB, so Great Britain's representation in the Olympics next year hinges upon England being third or um, one of the finalists of this nation's league. And that's really because Team GB is made up of four nations, in case you didn't know. Of course, we've got England, Wales, uh, Northern Ireland, and Scotland as well. So there's so many permutations here. But essentially, for Team GB to be at the Olympics next summer, we need England to do well in this tournament. And it's been a mixed bag. There was a dramatic game this last week Um, in England's group where they came back from 2-0 down at half time then beat the Netherlands 3-2 and then we've got a final game for them tonight against Scotland and what's so strange is I go back to the fact that Team GB's participation hinges on this if Scotland lose or win tonight they could effectively be um, blocking some of their players getting into the Team GB team should they be able to get through to, to the Olympics next year so, yeah, a lot of permutation there, but um, it's out of England's hands tonight because they're level on points with the Netherlands. They do need a win, and they really want Belgium to draw with the Netherlands or to beat them.
6: Anita, so speaking of that caveat, such a wild caveat that Scotland needs to lose for them to make the Olympics, which is absolutely... Wild! I mm-hmm. can't believe they didn't foresee this happening. They have no shot of even making the semifinals of, of the Nations League at this point, the next round of the Nations League. W- what's that talk been like in, in England, especially when the game at Wembley from a couple of days ago was absolutely bonkers at <laughs> 1.20 down. Okay. There, were, there were so many question marks. And then you get that final push. Uh, what's the status of the English national team now, and, and what are people making about this strange situation that is so particular to Great Britain?
7: Yeah, so um, there were questions being raised about whether Scotland will kind of show up to the game tonight. Um, they are professionals, they definitely will, but um, the fact that a lot of the England players you'd expect to feature it in. GB team, should they be lucky enough to make it to the Olympics next year in Paris, and um, featured in the final of the Women's World Cup, you'd think they've got enough fire in their belly to hopefully get the job done. As you mentioned there, Nico, Scotland can't even get out of this group to make it to the next stage of the Nations League. And then in terms of England as a whole, they've been a bit underwhelming and I'm sure um, there's not really anyone who would disagree with that. Having reached such heights of getting to the finals of the Women's World Cup in Australia and also being the Euro champions, um, there was this real high. But this happens with teams, right? You will have highs and lows and there's no one better than Serena Vigman to have at the wheel. And um, whatever she said in that halftime talk at Wembley worked because they came out and won 3-2. But of course, um, like I said, it's not in their hands tonight. Um, if they and the Netherlands win, goal difference plays the role there. And England needs to have a superior goal difference. of, I think it's like three goals to be able to be with a chance of going through should it be that both them and the Netherlands win.
4: Anita, talk to me a little bit about Germany. Obviously, they're an extremely talented team. Uh, and, and the win against Denmark certainly helps, but they're still even on points here. They need a big win against Wales. Uh, this would be a huge miss if they don't make it.
7: It would be. We can see um, Alex Pop in the, the picture there. Um, what a player she is. I just think about what she did at the Euros here in England. Like she was on the lips of everyone and then um, missed out in in that game, the, the final game. But um, in terms of Germany, again, it's mad, this tournament. This this is tournament football. You have all of these results that just kind of shock people. But then this is why we love it because then you've got underdogs coming through who are able to cause upset. So um, we're going to be looking at Two sets of games tonight, Germany's game, and then, of course, England and the Netherlands to see what happens. But France and Spain, they did their job very well. They made sure they got those points and the wins early enough. So they're not even in this discussion. Um, they're they're going to have a very, um, I want to say, relaxed final group stage game.
2: All right, Anita, let's uh, let's turn our attention to the Premier League because uh, you must be a pretty happy camper. These days, Arsenal sitting on top of the Premier League table. They're coming off the win against Wolves. They've got a game against Town today. Um, what do you make of their recent dominance? And, and how are you feeling at this point? Yeah, they're
0: the
7: three-point team, you know? Christmas <laughs> tree, 3 points. Um, I You might all been a bit cautious, haven't you? Look at what happened last season. We'll enjoy it whilst we're at the top. Yeah. Um, I think what's interesting is that at the game, in the game at the weekend, it looked like the Arsenal that I think a lot of fans have been dying to see this season. Um, we haven't seen them really perform at the heights that they were in the last campaign. And that's for a number of reasons. Key injuries, uh, Mikel Arcef trying out different systems, uh, and then also some players just suffering from fatigue because it's been a, a, an incredibly long season for them with the World Cup. In the last season as well. So um it was really nice. And uh, Martin Erdegaard getting a goal there, um coming back from a hip injury to get on the score sheet, and Saka just blowing people away. What will be interesting to see is if they can take this to another level and also continue to get those wins, even if they're not playing so well. Because at the end of that game against Wolves, there were a nervy 10 minutes or so. Really, Arsenal should have put the, the game to bed in that first half. But they're playing Luton tonight. Um, The Luton boss has been very complimentary about them. You'd expect three points in the bag, but um, Aston Villa at the weekend, that's going to be a tougher proposition for them
2: ask real quick, though, like, think about last year at this point in the season, because at this point, well, no, Arsenal was, like, starting
0: wow. to go wow. setting what? in.
2: What? Because I am the host, wow. and I get to drive the ship. Is, <laughs> Look at Anita's no, is so
6: muggy. I like, want to mm. know,
2: I want to no. know, like, the comparison of how you were feeling last year at this point, because it, there was sort of this, I got the sense from my Arsenal supporting friends that there was this <laughs> level of nervousness, like, oh, no, we're doing well. Like, it, it's all inevitably going to come crashing down. What is your confidence level like at this point, knowing that you guys have been, you've been able to maintain this level of success and, and good form? How, where's your head at right Just now? Just
4: for context, that? you're asking Anita to fight. What happened last season, <laughs> and the fact that she's English, to be positive here.
3: <laughs> I think it's fair and throwing out the jinx oh, at the man. same time.
7: Yeah, exactly. I hate what you're saying, there, Charlie. That's a very valid point. We're gonna take. Each game as it comes, Susanna, I'm going to give you a managerial response. Okay, we're not going (laughs) to look ahead. We don't look beyond the game tonight. It's in Town. Manchester City have got to play Aston Villa, who have got one of the best home records of the year across the top five European leagues. So good luck to Pep Guardiola. Hopefully he doesn't fall over again from a shock result, you know, or something happening at the end. Um, Because Unai Emery and his men, they mean business. And Mikel Arteta must have a plan after tonight. But the focus is tonight. We're not going to talk about the league yet. We learned our lessons from last year. we focused (laughs) on (laughs) tonight.
4: That's smart.
2: Very fair. That's totally fair, Anita. Uh, You're a good sport. Thank you for indulging me. Um, Always a pleasure (laughs) to see you. I'm sure we'll catch up with you very soon. Take care. Hopefully, Liverpool don't give you any more heart attacks. Oh, God. God. There There it is. is.
4: is Let's go, Anita.
2: I know. It's been rough, man. It's been rough. My Anita nerves are shot. Anita doesn't slip.
4: Her name isn't Stevie G, you know? My
2: nerve, Oh, God. Just oh, taking steps. Left and right. Oh. I love my morning footy team. They're so, they're so supportive. The homie Anita. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a break. Allie's going to be back with some headlines when we come back. Stick around, guys.
1: Florida State and Stanford meet here in Cary,
8: both in search of their fourth national championship. Both teams come into this match unbeaten. Uh, here comes Jody Brown of Florida State again goal. Yeah. Yeah. And my goodness, what a finish! Finding some room to move, has Brown? That's where she goes, Brown.
5: keeping this in play for the Seminoles.
2: Congratulations to FSU. They are your NCAA national champions for 2023. A 5-1 win over Stanford. ACC dominating, Chuck.
6: Let's go! (laughs) <laughs> is that like a thing that... Boston College is in the... Uh, ACC? Yeah, but do you support other teams in the same conference? I support the conference, yeah. I, yeah.
2: Okay. Like, I, You're like Illinois Rob Lowe when he the wore like, the
4: NFL hat. Was that it? Or the NBA hat?
2: NFL. NFL. It was NFL. It was, NFL. Yeah. It was um, the NFL hat. No,
3: the ACC has always been the best conference for men's and women's soccer. And so I got the chance to experience it. And I'm talking... These, uh, you, you look at Wake Forest, UVA, and the history, what they've had in the sport, Duke, UNC. I mean, it's just, you, you just can't get a better atmosphere and environment in, in college soccer than the ACC. So, I'm, I'm always happy to see kids thrive in, in this conference. 5-1, though. In this conference. Like, that Body was even close. And FSU is, is relatively new to the scene mm-hmm. in terms of being dominant like this. Well, they I mean, showed up big. <laughs> three straight ACC championships. They're they're producing players left and right, and they have to go against the powerhouse UNC, who are so used to just churning out legends and icons. And FSU now is is like the place to be.
2: Who has the the best collegiate program right now in the women's game? FSU. Would you say? FSU yeah. right now.
3: Can and, I pull and, a Nico And that's real hard quick. to say because UNC yeah. is. It's just
2: they, they synonymous usurped, with. They've usurped you.
4: Champion. Championships. Right. Can I pull a Nico real quick? And I think I don't understand college sports because of all the conferences. You're allowed to change whenever you want. They should do promotion and relegation in college sports. They should figure maybe ACC's is the Calm top. Calm
2: down, Alexa. And then all yeah. oh, these
4: yeah. or other. <laughs> If there's ever a stretch, that is a stretch. <laughs> That's, I'm pulling a Nico. Remember first episode? <laughs> how would you do that? How would you? What do you mean, how would you do that? There's a. There's. A, how many colleges? There's more colleges. Think about it. Some players go for one year,
3: two years, three years. Programs change. What
4: does that matter? matter? Right. What does that matter? So, you win? You win, you get brought up to the ACC. You lose, you go down. What is it, Big Ten? No. no. Well, who's number two? I don't hey, know how this works.
2: show some respect to the Big Ten. I don't know how this
4: works. <laughs> I don't know who I'm disrespecting.
2: University <laughs> of Illinois, baby. Yeah. Let's go. I went to St. Uh, Peter's. <laughs>
4: I went to St. Peter's. I don't even know where we're Hey, in, you played right? in St. Peter's. Did you? Yeah. Oh. I don't even know where we're at. Wow. We should do promotion and relegation.
2: All right. We're going to put a pin in this one. Let's send it on over to Allie Trost-Martin for some this headlines. Is- Hello, Allie. Hi. Good
8: morning. What do we think about uh, the NCAA adopting sin bins? Hey, Thoughts? Comments? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where they nah. should test. No. That's where they, they should
6: have, be- NCAA for soccer has <laughs> enough rules <laughs> on their own that someone invented are back you, in the are day. Are you impressed by FSU and what they've been able to
3: do?
8: Yeah. I mean, like you don't really see a five-one scoreline in a final. I don't think that it's ever that is dominant. It's usually much closer. It seems like than that against
6: another unbeaten team, right? Yeah. In Stanford. Ali's so. outfit said, "Forget about." That it. was <laughs>
3: that was the first college I fell in love with. Florida State. Yeah.
8: Ali, yeah. did you play? Alexis, college? I'm letting you pick up out my outfit for tomorrow. How did that sound? Uh If we count rec soccer, no, I did not. No, I had a counts. lot of injuries in high school. I looked to play, but I was my back was. But not, before you back, it.
3: before you back, you were top.
8: She was a baller. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, was fine. That I was fine. I'm not gonna like act like I was She's got, in the youth national. Yeah, leave her alone, bro. She something. had a backyada. Good, me good genetics. School. No, but I, I, yeah, I played, played hey. all the way through. Uh, Senior year, and there you go. Yeah, hung them up. There you go. journalism and uh, did win a rec championship, which was, like, not gonna lie, highlight of my uh, college. It was really fun, you guys. (laughs) And you're rocking the
3: leather. (laughs) And you're rocking the leather. That's right, Carmella. I mean, (laughs) Allie. Look at you now.
8: All right, let's get into the headlines and uh, some international news because the 14 host venues for next summer's Copa America were announced yesterday. The U.S. Men's National Team's three group stage matches will be played at AT AT&T Stadium in Texas, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, and Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Mercedes-Benz Stadium was already announced as the host for the tournament's opening match on June 20th with Hard Rock Stadium in Miami set to host the final on July 14th. And we move to some breaking news now out of England where Sheffield United has officially fired manager Paul Heckingbottom after just over two years. Sheffield United sit in last place in the Premier League after Saturday's 5-0 loss to Burnley and have just one win on the season. The Blades announced later this morning that Chris Wilder will take over as manager. The 56-year-old led Sheffield United to promotion all the way from League One to the Premier League during his last stint as manager from 2016 to 2021. Wilder will be on the touchline for Wednesday's home fixture against Liverpool. In the English second tier, a pair of clubs fighting to get back to the Premier League made some managerial changes on Monday. Sunderland fired Tony Mowbray after the club slipped to ninth place with only two wins in their last nine matches. Mowbray took Sunderland to the promotion playoff last season where they lost to Lutontown. Further down the table, 18th place Swansea dismissed Michael Duff with Swans, uh, with the Swans' winless in their last five matches. Staying in England, Manchester City has been charged for a violation of player conduct after the citizens draw at to Tottenham on Sunday ended in more refereeing chaos. Star striker Erling Haaland and other players surrounded referee Simon Hooper, who uh, to protest a controversial decision in the dying minutes of the wild 3-3 draw the fa said manchester city quote failed to ensure their players do not behave in a way which is improper and that club has and the club has until thursday to respond Moving over to Spain, June Bellingham is the man of the moment in Europe, and he was honored Monday with the 2023 Golden Boy Award. The 20-year-old received a record 485 of a possible 500 points from voters. Bellingham has taken La Liga by storm since his summer move to Madrid, scoring 11 goals in 13 matches and adding four goals in the Champions League. All right, Nico. With Jude winning a Golden Boy Award this year, Erling Haaland won it back in 2020. Which of these two Golden Boys has the better chance of winning the first Ballon d'Or?
6: A lot of Golden Boys. Um, <laughs> good question.
8: And who's the golden boy on this desk? Of?
6: Charlie's clearly the golden boy on this
0: <laughs> desk. I'm to yeah. at Nico. I also am not going <laughs> to vote Why for did myself. Why you say into, that?
8: You know what? Suze
0: is my golden boy. boy. Ah,
6: Suze,
0: <laughs> golden boy of Thanks. the year Appreciate right there.
6: Um, it's going to be a race, I think, not only between these two, but Mbappe as well. That's the next generation being ushered in the elite of football, the podium of the best players in the world. Holland could have been Ballon d'Or winner. Had Holland scored, I think, been more pivotal in the Champions League final, I think it would have been more difficult to argue mm. really against him. Dis- it it, he would have had much more of a chance than he did against... No. But the
2: argument there is... Uh, you think the Messi Norway, world Norway, Cup Norway, he's never yeah. going to do anything on the international...
6: Level because mm-hmm. Norway can't qualify. Right, but but if he wins, but if he, wins, a he, if he wins the Champions, he won the Champions. If he wins it again, I, I, had Messi not won the World Cup in this past season, Holland would have been the Ballon d'Or winner. Yes, and I think he has at Manchester City an easier path to winning the Ballon d'Or than Jude Bellingham. Not to say that Jude mm-hmm. Bellingham won't. I don't. Win the Ballon I, don't I, I disagree. I disagree. disagree with that as well. Really? Yeah,
3: just because it's Real Madrid that is. Right. You know, it's, it's just...
2: Also England.
3: When you look at a club, right, and like Real Madrid, and he's single-handedly winning them games, they're in Champions League, hmm. they're competing for La Liga title, you're just seeing how important he is and central
6: right. to Real Madrid's success. You have to win a trophy. You, you can't 100%. win a Ballon d'Or without the silverware. Right. And you don't think yeah. Bellingham is... I do. I also think Manchester City has a good shot. And who, who do you think is the favorite to win the Champions League again? It's got to right be Manchester
4: now, City still. Bayern Munich. Not the favorite. I would say they're good money, but they're not the favorite.
2: <laughs> you are so pleased with yourself
4: I right I now. know. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> I said a german well, team. Well, since you said it. Okay. I also think we're going to add a name to that list. I think it will be Mbappe, Bellingham, Holland, but I think Bukayo Saka will just continue this sort okay. of stellar career and will be in amongst the names that should be considered. Precious.
3: He precious. He has started to Add to his game.
4: You can't say he's, he's not elite. He's, he's scoring he goals in Champions League. He's, he's elite. elite.
3: If England doesn't I, I am
2: not win the Euro, I'm not ready to put him in a category. Okay. With well,
4: you know what? I take back Collins. my Golden Boy Award. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to call tutosues.com, Tutosuz. <laughs> which is the website that
6: gave you the award. And We are it's, removing. It. It. Is Junior in that conversation? <laughs> yes. Tutosuz. Yes. If, if Real Madrid doesn't win the Euro, if excuse me, if Real Madrid doesn't win the Champions League, England doesn't win the Euro. And Manchester City doesn't win Champions League, where are we at with, with Ballon d'Or? It could be anybody's award at that point. You know, they have to win silverware. Obviously, winning a Euro with England will heavily favor Jude Bellingham. Yeah, if you're going to get done with club is.
2: and country, right. it's hard to argue against that. Like, and I think that Jude Bellingham has the most potential in that area. Because he's such area. a complete
3: player. Con- yeah, exactly. Yeah, very box so. to box defensively attacking, scoring goals, creating goals. I just think his presence. His
2: ceiling is mm. so much yeah. He also higher carries higher himself.
4: He carries himself in a winning
2: way there we as go. well. See, we got there.
4: There you go. We yep. got there.
2: All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we are looking ahead to tonight's friendly between the U.S. women's national team and China. That's coming up after a quick timeout. Stay with us.
5: Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand, gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world. With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors. But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com.
2: Morning Footy presented by Taco Bell. Tonight, the second of two friendlies between the U.S. and China. 8 p.m. Eastern on True TV. Um, Let's chat about some of the young players getting an opportunity in this window, specifically Olivia Moultrie, 18-year-old Portland Thorns midfielder. She got her first cap and had this to say about the experience following it. Here it is.
8: It was it was pretty exciting. I um, was sitting on the sideline the whole time and Nathan was winking at me, he's like, big day, big day. And I was like, thanks for the heads up, Nathan. I'm just <laughs> trying to prepare my mind for that. But yeah, I was honestly just ecstatic. Like I, at that point, like the nerves were gone. I was just like, I'm ready, I'm ready. Like I just want to do it, I want to get out there. So yeah, it was great.
2: I love that it's just such an infectious energy also I love that you can tell that she is 18 years old and Mm -hmm. that experience was just so pure and and mind blowing for her but Charlie as a young player getting your your first cap I know you got your first cap for the U.S. um, in 2007 you were 20 yeah 20 years old yeah what is that experience like.
3: It's hard to put in words because you're watching, you know, some of these, wow. <gasps> Baby Chuck. 19, wow. Number 19. Uh, you know, you as a youth player were watching so many of these, these guys star in World Cups. I look at Lennon Donovan and Demarcus Beasley, Tim Howard, Agutian and here I am on the pitch with them in training and then in a match. So I, I think what was going through my mind is I want to show that I deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. I just want to impress them you're thinking about not really playing for yourself mm. and, and playing to your strengths, you're thinking about what can I do to show that I'm, I'm someone that can hang with them and add value to the group. So you know, as you start getting more caps and more reps, that mindset changes to let me do what makes me star, let, let me do what, what's gonna help myself grow and, and continue to have an impact within the team. So um, it took me a while, it took me three years to finally break in and and start to play like myself and not worrying about trying to impress everyone else
6: around me. We spoke about Kevin Paredes, right? For example, so young, Mm -hmm. getting his first minutes with the senior squad. And we spoke about trying to do too much, trying to impress, but also trying to bring success to the team. Mm -hmm. And you have to toe that line. It's it's almost like, uh, exactly. How did you feel in in your first game, like going into it's like okay, I need to show the coach that I'm good enough to hang, but I can't also do too much. Like where where do I find that balance? I wasn't quite settled.
3: I look back and I remember, the game was so fast, the speed of play. You're 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 just in there, your mind's blown. You're getting your first cap. You're like oh my god, I'm I'm playing with Clint Dempsey and Landon Donovan, and uh, what do, you know? And then before you know it, the whistle blows. And you're like man, I didn't, I didn't really get to settle in and show what I was capable of. I, I remember I had maybe one dribbling action where I went at a couple of people and I tried to do too much and you lose the ball a little. And so, yeah, I, it's one of those things where you're so grateful to be in that, that place, but you're still kind of star struck. You're in, you're hmm. in awe mm. that you finally reached that stage that you've dreamed of for so long. And then, I, you know, by the, before, before you know it, it's gone. But those are moments that I look back and I'm like, man, that was, that was really one of those those times I always cherish. But if I had someone to talk to ahead of that to say, hey, this is what you should yeah. expect. This is how things go. Um, the coach is going to be a little bit hard on you. Bob Bradley was the type of coach who would he'd be on the opposite end of the field and be yelling at me. To be played quicker in five e two, and I'm like, damn, why is he always on me? And the co- Carlos Bocanegra, who's the captain, would come to me. and He's like, because he likes you. Uh-huh. Be okay. happy that he's talking to you and 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 being a little bit harder on you.
2: So Bob Bradley was your first coach mm-hmm. as a U.S. member. So think about an Emma Hayes coming in to this. What is going to be a very, a very young group, how beneficial will it be for them to have the experience of being coached by somebody like her in the same way that you were a young player being coached by a, a Bob Bradley at that time?
3: Well, it, it's amazing because it is an audition, too. The intensity is there. Emma's going to come in and say, this is how I want things done. This is where I see you playing. This is your role. This is her role. And how, how do we move forward as a group? Right. And I think for, for any young player, especially Olivia Moultrie, you're coming in, you're saying, I want to just show my quality mm-hmm. and, I, and, and that I'm not going to be rushed. Let me be patient with how this is going to work. But let me come in and show overall that I can be add value to the U.S. women's national team and that I'm, I'm one prospect that's really going to take this this group to the next level. Uh, I'm excited for her because I've seen you know, with the Portland Thorns, I think the one benefit that she has is she's playing with Sophia Smith. She's playing with Crystal. Yeah. She's playing with some of the best players in the world. So making that jump to the U.S. Women's National Team, it's not going to be as crazy because she's seen that in training and games. every every week she also sued the league as a teenager just to get a chance to
4: play she's used to that adversity she's used to proving people wrong so it feels like she's in the right headspace especially as you saw when she answered the question she seemed very cheery and bright seems like she's not down on herself you hope that all of that leads to a good positive start with the team
2: yeah 100 percent uh the u.s women's national team taking on china tonight 8 p.m on true tv all right We're going to take a break. Um, We've got plenty more to come on Morning Footy when we return after a quick time out. Don't go anywhere.
5: Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here?
1: Your cold snap is over old man winter. Spring has arrived
0: Spring Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award winning Hyundai models, like the tech filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get zero percent apr or up to 1500 bonus cash on the hyundai tucson now during the hyundai getaway sales event offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details